Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. I hope everyone had a great um, Christmas. I hope that everything went very well for everyone and that everyone ate so much food that they're probably really sick and had to go food coma onto the couch while watching a Christmas movie that you've probably seen a hundred million times. I know when my family came and visited that it was pretty much let's watch every single Christmas movie that has ever existed anywhere at any periodic amount of time. Or at least almost any given time in history, they mostly liked ones that were in color versus the 1920s, which were not in color. So, anywho, I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas. Um, I hope they remembered it was about the birth of Jesus Christ and about what God was doing through him. Now, there's a bunch of episodes I wanted to cover, but I'm going to go ahead and make this one all uniquely individual. So as I was cruising through social media, I had come across a lot of people who were talking about the prosperity gospel, such as like old, oh, how do you say it correctly? Old boy, Joel, our buddy old pal, Joel Olstein, about teaching the prosperity gospel. Now, what is the prosperity gospel? A lot of people have even asked that. The prosperity gospel is one that tells you that Jesus Christ is your biggest rooter. In fact, if you turn on Joel Olstein, you'll hear it in full detail. Joel Olstein's not a true pastor. He's not a true Christian. I say this because when I listen to him preach, he doesn't actually preach the gospel message. He takes bits and pieces out of it. I call it cherry-picking the gospel. You probably heard the same thing from Greg Laurie, where he'll discuss about, oh, well, God wants this and this and this, and he'll pick and choose what he wants to say in his message to the people of his congregation, but he won't explain it entirely. Like this, in Joel Olstein, or like in the Prosperity Gospel, Jesus loves you without any issue, right? The, um, they, the, the modern Jesus in the Prosperity Gospel, in other words, preaches only love, right? God loves you and only loves you and whatnot, doesn't care about you, doesn't in fact care about your sin or whatnot. Right now, it is true that Jesus Christ loves all people and it's an unconditional love that is true. But to simply say that we are to look at it and go, God is just a God of love, He he doesn't look at the rest of it, He He sees you. <clears throat> the book of Romans clearly teaches that God does see who you are and you're a dirty, rotten sinner, just like I am. There's nothing good about you, but God loves you, anyways. Now, the other part of the modern Jesus, this is called, um, what I'm reading off is called the modern Jesus. I also call the prosperity gospel just because it's connected. The modern Jesus gives you health and wealth. And don't you hear that a lot from Joel Olstein, from all these fake um, preachers who come out and say, if you donate all this money, <clears throat> God will give you a miracle. You send us $2,000 and God will deliver a miracle to you. He will heal you of your elements, aliments, whatever, basically your health issues. <clears throat> He'll cure you of this. God wants you to be rich. He wants you to be happy. He wants to have lots of health and money. And it's a good thing God's showing his sign. He wants you to have this stuff. Yeah, that is not the who Jesus Christ is. The one that says he preaches only love. God, Jesus never preached exactly that. He preached God's righteousness to us, <clears throat> his divine righteousness. When the modern Jesus or um, prosperity gospel teaches, give you health and wealth, realistically, the biblical Jesus gives you salvation, hope, peace, and joy. The problem with the prosperity gospel is it teaches that he will always give you money, wealth, 
all these different, and help. Jesus says, no, be, this is true. He says, know this for certain. In this life, you will face tribulations. You're not always going to have your health. You're not always going to have money in your bank account. You're not always going to be the best player on the company bowling team. I just went to a really old-fashioned meeting right now. <clears throat> You're not going to be the best person in the world. You're not going to be the most loved person in the world. You're not going to have the nicest, fanciest car. You're not going to have a Porsche sitting in your front driveway. You're not going to be living in Newport Beach, California, or Corona Del Mar. That's not the case. He does promise us that he loves us. He will not forsake us. He will always be with us. And we are promised the book of life that cannot be taken away. So he gives us hope of, um, gives us salvation, hope, peace, and joy. Through these trials and tribulations that we are going to go through, not if you're going to go through, you are going to go through them. Now, the other one um, by the prosperity gospel says, never says anything negative about you, ever, only good things, right? <clears throat> oh, Jesus just, he's in your corner rooting for you. He is your biggest cheerleader. He is always saying nice things about you, always left, right, and center. But the truth is, Jesus in the Bible warns of sin, judgment, and hell. He does say he loves you. He does say that he has positive things to say about you, that you are a child of God. Now, don't get me wrong. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you are simply a creation of God. It is only until after you accept Jesus Christ are you adopted into the kingdom of God and become the right to be called the children of the Most High. That's when you're adopted in. So don't make any mistake. You're not a child of God until you've accepted Jesus Christ. So Jesus does warn about sin, judgment, and hell. He does continuously through the New Testament in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. True, he says, blessed are the meek in the heart. Blessed are these people. Blessed are that people. And he gives a lot of blessings to a lot of different types of people um, and, their, and their attributes and personalities. But he also warns of hellfire. He does warn about judgment. He does warn about all these things, saying, yes, God loves you, but you are a horrible sinner. And this, if you don't repent, turn from your ways and put your trust in Jesus, this is where you're heading for. So it's not always about Jesus just loves you. Jesus is just, he doesn't judge you. Um, he never says anything negative about you. He says there's lots of things to judge. I remember reading in the Bible how Jesus is talking to Pharisees and goes, you know, I'm not here on my own accord. That's a crazy thing. Jesus didn't come to earth on his own accord. He came on behalf of his father's will. <clears throat> and he even says, I'm not here to judge. Though there's plenty to judge here. Plenty to judge here. I could easily go through. I mean, but I'm not here to do that. I'm here my father's will to die for everyone here, to be the sacrifice, to unite all of mankind with God. If mankind chooses to accept me, well, not because I've heard that before. What, Jesus died for me, so why do I have to believe in him? I heard that when I was working at Disney. There was a lesbian atheist who asked me that. Well, I call her a lesbian anti-theist. She said, well, why should I believe in Jesus? He already died for me. Who cares? I said, well, he died for you. Yes, but you have to accept the, the gift, repenting of your ways that you live now and turning to Christ. And she's, and that's when she got all frustrated. Like, well, why do I have to change my ways? Because I said, that's you want the kingdom without the king. You want to be able to live your life however you want to live it, but you don't want God's rules and laws. And I go, that's not how it works. It's God's kingdom. He's the master of, of this house, so to speak. And then you go in someone else's house, you're abiding by their rules. <clears throat> if you don't like the rules, 
that someone has, you leave that house, right? I own a house now. I create rules in my house with my wife that we have to abide by, that people have to abide by. Simple as that. So you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. And on top of that, why would you want to live in the kingdom of God if you can't live life the way you want to? But anyways, I digress on this. Now, the modern Jesus, the prosperity gospel Jesus, is loved and accepted by the world. Here's the problem, because the biblical Jesus was actually hated and despised by the world. Jesus talks about this continuously. He says that, you the, you know, when you go in my name and you're preaching in my name, the world's going to hate you. The message you deliver, the world's going to hate. You're going to tell the world, because the world wants to hear how wonderful and great it is and how how nice we all are and whatnot. And Jesus comes in and says, no, you're not a good person. That's really what it boils down to I, I, when I really think about it is the world says that I want to be told I'm good, that I'm all right, that my faults aren't really faults. They, you know, nothing big. I'm beautiful. I'm great. Forget all the negative stuff. I want to be in a positive vibe environment. Forget the rest. And that's where Jesus says, no, that's not okay. You know, so the world doesn't love Jesus at all. It hates Jesus. That's why people who are Christians are so heavily persecuted. The most persecuted religious group in the entire world. <clears throat> now, the prosperity gospel, one that uh, Joel Olstein teaches, um, basically paints God as he who will serve your will. Serve um, he's, This God serves your will, not God's will. And that's the problem as well. These people who preach this modern Jesus, this prosperity gospel Jesus, do teach that. They say, yes, um, God loves you. He's in your court. You just got to ask him. He'll give you anything you want. Here's the problem. Jesus, God, and Jesus Christ, is not a genie in the bottle. You don't run up there like Aladdin, grab the uh, genie bottle, and just, or the lamp, sorry, <laughs> genie's lamp, and rub it. And the genie pops down and goes, what are your wishes? You know, what are your three wishes? And then, Magically, he's not bound by anything like in Disney, and <clears throat> he can grant as many wishes as he wants to whomever he wants to. That's not who God is. God's not a magic genie. You rub the lamp, he pops out, and he grants you your wish. Not at all. In fact, um, in the biblical Jesus, he exalts God, um, exalts God, the Father's will. It's all about the Father's will. That's why when we're told, or even say, in our, our Father prayers, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We sacrifice our own will. <clears throat> Even Jesus did this when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He stated, you know, Lord, if it is your will, Father, if your will, take this cup from me. And he goes, but not my will, your will be done. And that's the example we need to follow. Not my own will, not my own preference, not what I want but what you want, let you be exalted. And that's a problem with the prosperity false gospel is it teaches, it doesn't teach that. It teaches that God is the magic genie that you rub the lamp, he pops out and grants you any wish you want to have. Now, the other one says it hates to offend you or others. That's right. Have you ever heard that one from preachers? We don't want to offend anybody else. We don't want to preach a message of sin because, you know, that's just hatred, and we don't want to preach hatred. We want we want to preach anything that, that that's offensive. Don't you see how people would, uh, they don't want to hear that message. <clears throat> no one wants to hear they're a sinner. No one wants to hear how they're a bad person. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't want to use again. 
No one wants to hear this answer. What they want to hear is how wonderful they are. They don't want to be offended. And, and the gospel is an offense. And even Paul points out in Romans. He says, to all who are perishing, the gospel is an offense. But to all who are being saved is the power of God. The gospel is an offensive thing. It is. The Greeks seek wisdom, the Jews seek a sign, and they get nothing. To those who are perishing, the gospel I'm preaching to you that I'm telling you about is an offensive thing to say. I remember saying, I, you go into a company and you're sitting there and you start talking about Jesus to somebody. They get offended like that when you teach them what the Bible says, what Jesus Christ taught. They immediately jump to the offensive. People get aggressive, they get violent, they attack, they kill, they murder people with the gospel message because it is uber offensive to people. I think it's ironic because it's like we tell people you're a dirty, rotten sinner, but Jesus Christ loves you and he died to save you. And people don't want to be taught that. They want to be taught how wonderful they are and how beautiful they are. They're little princes or princesses. But again, as I pointed out here, and it even says the biblical Jesus offends the world with the truth. The truth is we are not good people. We are not. You and I are not good people. Joel Olstein, another prosperity gospel preacher, will teach that, you know, deep down, 99% of people are good. No? According to, to our world, yes, most people are good. But according to God's standards, the place you're trying to acquire to get into, no one's good. All have fallen short of the glory of God. No one stands righteous. No, not one. If we are to, if God were to account your your deeds for what they were, they were dirty rags or filthy, disgusting things. You, you, you are condemned if you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. And a lot of them also preach that there's multiple ways to get to heaven. I remember watching on Oprah Winfrey or Larry, Larry King Live back when Joel Olstein was on there. And he goes, is Jesus Christ the only way to heaven? Oh, I, I don't know. Yes, Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the truth, the way, and the life. No one goes to the Father, enters heaven, but by him or through him. That is it. All other world religions, philosophies, and theological positions are incorrect. They're all false in comparison to Jesus. <clears throat> None of them will get you into heaven. Only through Christ alone can you get to heaven. That's it. You repent, recognize what you're doing is wrong, change. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be a perfect person. You're not going to be automatically, oh, I'm perfect. I'm not going to sin anymore. You're going to sin. You're still going to screw up. I do it. I don't know anyone else who doesn't do it. However, you were found justified before God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Not that we seek out, not to sin purposefully, but to, when it does happen, you're justified and forgiven. So, when we see the prosperity gospel being taught here, it's it's sweet honey. I call it honey. With uh, what, what, what was what was I saying here? Oh my goodness, <clears throat> um, honey with poison in it, right? Sweet to the lips, but deadly when you ingest it. And that's exactly what these people are. They're sweet to the lips, They're sweet to your ears. They taste fantastic to your ears, but. They're ultimately destructive to your soul. They have no truth in them. They destroy you. So we always want to keep an eye out for going against the prosperity gospel. We always want to keep an eye out. And the way you keep an eye out, my brothers and sisters, 
is by reading your Bible. Read it continuously. Read it all the time. Study it. <clears throat> because if you read God's word, when you come across a false prophet, a false teacher, you won't have your lunch eaten for you because you'll know and be like, wait, this doesn't sound right. Seek the Holy Spirit's wisdom in knowing what to do, what to say, what's being spoken. How is God speaking to you? Seek that out diligently, day and night. Ponder over his words. Hold to the words of God like you store treasures in your bank account. Hold on to them stronger than any dollar you ever hold on, you ever earn. That's how when Satan shows up with the wrong false doctrine, you cannot be easily deceived. You cannot be deceived at all. So anyways, until next time we meet again, may God richly bless y'all, my dearly beloved.